well, it is October 22nd, and this is uh, Drive Through HR, Drive Through HR Live, actually. We're doing a, one of our live shows today, and um, I'm your host, Robin Schooling. I, uh, my co-host, Mike Vandervoort, is um, otherwise engaged today, so for those of you that are listening, you just get me today, and... Um, Kind of going to do a quick shout out because there's lots of HR conferences going on right now um, as we're as we're broadcasting. So we've got Unleash going on in Paris. We've got Hire Conference going on in New York. So shout out to all the folks that are uh, attending those events. But uh, but I am home running the drive through HR uh, studio, if you will, uh, right here in Louisiana. Um, which is where I broadcast live from. And this is an all-Louisiana show today because our guest is right down the street from me. He's an HR leader that I have known for, gosh, I guess it's about five years now, five or six years now. So um, welcome, Kendrick Benoit. Hello, Kendrick. Hey, Robin. I am so looking forward to our conversation today because, uh, you know, as we kind of did our little pre-show chat, um, <laughs> I I love nothing more than talking to other HR professionals, HR practitioners, and, you know, finding out what um, what we do, how, how we do it, how we do the crazy sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for those, those of our listeners who um, have not had the pleasure of of running into you somewhere. Um, here's your, here's your HR here's your interview question to start. Right, this is such a cliche, but I love it. Um, tell us about yourself. Okay, um, perfect. <laughs> so, so Robin, you actually met me when I was a baby HR professional. Yes. You met me as a yes, baby HR professional. I think um, at that point I was just doing I was doing some recruiting and so yeah so and then you know just hats off to you I've learned so much from you um so you're one of those strong mentors and leaders in um our professionalism and our professional so profession so anyways a little <laughs> bit about me um I am in the great city of Lafayette, Louisiana, um, which is today a very beautiful, somewhat fall, somewhat summer day, I think. I'm loving um, it. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my in my office taking in all the sun. Um, I have I currently work for a healthcare firm and I've been with this organization it'll be eight years on Halloween Day. So my first day mm-hmm. was on Halloween Day and we were in the middle of a move. So that was very interesting. Oh. Um I you know, I think my story for how I got into HR is it's 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 kind of interesting, maybe not so interesting, but um, basically, you know, all my life, I originally, I wanted first thing I wanted to do, believe it or not, was be an OBGYN, oh, and I was my. like, I'm gonna go catch babies and catch dollars, right? Um, <laughs> but then then I realized, you know what, I don't really like this biology thing all that much. Um, and so then I was like, oh, I want to be an attorney. I want to be an attorney. Um, I, an English teacher in high school had convinced me that I had amazing writing skills, 
And, of course, I was a good uh, debater. So I was like, I'm going to go be an attorney. And then a professor convinced me that being an attorney was not as glamorous as I as I pictured it in my mind, not for basically for every seven, there were seven attorneys for every one client. So I was like, oh, I can't do that. But he did recommend, he's like, you should check out this HR thing, you know. He's like, this profession is changing. It's becoming a very strategic partner. Um, It's, you know, people who can, people who are influencing business decisions, um, and I was like, hmm, influencing business decisions, working with people. I was like, okay, yeah, I think I could give this HR lady thing a try. And so, yep. um, so I, you know, I started, I started looking out for HR, looking out for HR opportunities. And one thing I learned is you have to network, right? You, I feel yes. like you really have to network to make your way into an HR role. So I started attending um, our local network of HR professionals. I started going to their luncheons, and I wasn't even working in an HR role at that time, but I started attending their luncheons, and I was just kind of sit in the back row and take all this stuff in. I'd admire the nice Ann Taylor sweaters and Tory Burke shoes. <laughs> And coach bag and uh, inside joke there. And the pearls. Don't forget the pearls. And the pearls and the clutching of the pearls. And um, and then I was like, you know, okay, I I I think I could do this. So then, actually, while volunteering at a for a nonprofit agency, I ran into my first boss. I ran into my first boss, and we, I mean, I didn't think twice about it. And um, and a few months later, she calls me and is like, hey, I got this job I need I need you to take. And I'm like, what? So not knowing, not really knowing what the role looked like, but knowing that I wanted to, I wanted to make the move into HR, and this was something yep. that I really, really wanted to do, I stepped out on a leap of faith, and I accepted my role with this organization. And, um, you know, I tell myself every day, you know, it's something that I'm so glad I did because it has been life-changing. So that's pretty much how I landed here. Mm. Um, I started in in here as a recruiter. I started in our department as a recruiter, myself and um, our director of talent acquisition, who is a brilliant person. She, myself, and another person, we pretty much built um, the talent acquisition process for our company. And I'm I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people going, what does he mean they built it? Well, we didn't even have an applicant tracking system six years ago. We were a small company. Yeah, we were a very small company. So we kind of did the post and pray method, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Basically, Mm -hmm. you go on Career Builder, you post the position, and then you just pray. So, and you, you react, right? It's no proactive source or anything, you just react to what comes in from Career Builder. And so um, that was our that was our recruiting philosophy <laughs> at the time. And uh, but the three of us, we built this amazing talent acquisition engine that I'm proud of, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of it. And then from the, after we did that, I was like, okay, what else is next? And so I started to dabble in employee relations. 
And um, I got frustrated in the employee relations role, Robin, because mm-hmm. it seemed as though I was always being reactive. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I was like, sweet baby HR Jesus, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? And little did mm-hmm. I know, little did I know that I started to, that's when I started to behave in the role of an HR business partner. Mm. And what I did know is that my senior vice president at that time was consulting with a consultant agency and, and with a with a agency, and we were looking at <clears throat> we were looking at making some changes to our department and establishing centers of excellence, and you know, uh-huh. and HR business an HR business partner center was one of those, and so you know, it was. It was without question to her that I needed to move into an HR business partner role, which I'm so grateful she took that chance. And um, I've been I've I've performed in that role for a few years. I relocated. I left Louisiana. I went to our Dallas office, and uh, now I'm back in Louisiana. And now I am. the HR manager uh, who owns I own diversity and inclusion and getting that initiative kicked off, which I think we may talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. That's me in, I guess, mm-hmm. four minutes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm I a super love... lovable person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. And I, and I love that story because um, in terms of how you made your entree in, into HR, um, because I see so many um, early career professionals um, that that have such struggles with landing that first job, and mm-hmm. we tend to give the advice a lot of, well, you know, get involved and go and network, and you're you're proof right there that 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 works. It's it's putting yeah. yourself out there. It's going to you know, SHRM or or whatever sort of professional organization, or not even an HR related organization. The fact that you ultimately then met met Gail at um, at a, at a mm-hmm. community event. You know, exactly. Um, that takes yeah. And you know the thing, the thing I think Robin is that people and we because we're of course and let's just be honest, we've cre- we live in this instant culture, right? And so yeah. when people say get out and network, especially for a lot of younger professionals, it's we okay, well, how long do I have to network with these people right. before somebody recognizes <laughs> me and gives me a job, right? And I and yeah. so you know, I think to that I tell people you have to be if you have to be willing to make the long-term investment in yourself, yes. you know, yeah. um, I, you know, I just kind of had a conversation with someone the other day that says the biggest issue. Where I said the biggest issue that I have is that we wait for everything to come to us. We don't go out and seek it for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and mm-hmm. that's my soapbox about, you know, like even when it comes to continuing ed, it's like people are like, well, when is the company going to blah 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 and send me to this conference? The company yeah. may not do it, and so you mm-hmm. have to be willing to make the investment in yourself. And for me, because I paid, you know, I, I, conversation was, well, I don't think I should have to pay my professional dues. And I was like, okay, understandable, but the organization, and not my organization, this is another organization, and we always have to preface that, right? Um, right. 
of the person I was talking to was like, your organization may not pay for it. So if you're not going to pay for it, then it's not going to get there, and ultimately you lose out. You know, every time I've made an investment in myself, professionally and even personally, every time I've made an investment, it it has always benefited me. You know, even yes. when I didn't feel like it was, just going there and sitting in that in that HR meeting for that one hour, I was always like, oh wow, like you know. I was sometimes like, no, I don't really want to do this. But, you know, look, look where I'm at now, eight years with a company and eight years with this organization. I've met some amazing people. We have some amazing HR professionals in the state of Louisiana and in we the do. city of Lafayette. Yeah, we have, yeah. We, I think we have some amazing um if we could take the HR professionals and replace and move everybody in the HR profession can go to the state capitol and we can all create a cabin, you will be the governor, right? <laughs> we would have an amazing state. <laughs> I'm not I'm not debating um, Eddie Rispone though, so yeah, well, we're not gonna go. <laughs> there's, a almost... uh, there's a Louisiana, there's uh, Louisiana, you know, joke there. I almost spit um... tea all over my all, all over my desk, but. Um, so let's so uh, you know thinking about your uh, kind of your path you know your 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 eight-year journey um internally as you've as you've grown and morphed and taken on more responsibility and as the company has grown and expanded the Mm -hmm. role of hr so there's kind of these parallel tracks um as you've as you've done that and as the organization has done that I, I, I envision that part of that transformation was was saying to the larger organization as well, hey, HR is really here to serve not just as the – they're not just the doers. They are truly – they are internal advisors. They mm-hmm. are partners. Um, and then when you – you know, going into that employee relations position and now coming back into, you know, kind of owning the the and i piece, which we'll get to um, – what what sorts of things have you done, have you found are necessary to do to become known internally as as mm-hmm. this advisor to the business? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and I know that everybody's going to probably roll their eyes when they hear this, but it's about relationship building, Robin. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I think – for me, what was important because when I when I transform when I transformed myself because what I did I, I take full credit for it I know that's a little conceited but <laughs> I transformed myself into this HR business partner role our organization had never seen before right yeah but so it was important to me that to be a to be a, another cliche word strategic partner I needed to, and I was now sitting in conversations with C-suite executives, right, who mm-hmm. didn't have a strategic view of HR. Their view of yeah. HR was, the, like you said, the doers. You know, basically yeah. they just always thought that HR people sat in a room with wall-to-wall file cabinets. We processed open enrollment. We planned mm-hmm. the company Christmas party, maybe a fish fry here or there, you know, and the United Way Drive, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, and bless their hearts, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that was, that was, um, 
I don't think they were on an island all by themselves with those thoughts. But what I now needed to do was show them the value of the department because as the business partner, you are the PR person. Okay, mm-hmm. you are the PR person for the department. So you are out in these streets and in these hallways. You are the person who is selling the department to the senior leaders of the organization and saying, "Hey, we can do this." You know, and not only can we do it, but we can do it well. And so yeah. I had to really focus on building relationships, building trust. And so it was a lot of if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, right? And mm-hmm. even to the point of you know, which is something that I struggle with now because our organization has grown. But being in the first few years and months, being intentional about the simple things like checking voicemail periodically throughout the day, trying to reply to emails within a 24-hour period, you know, Mm -hmm. just making sure that I was lifting all the rocks because, again, it was about building relationships. And it was funny because – I thought of something that one of my professors had said a long time ago, which was people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. And what that translated Mm. to me in was I could walk into somebody's office, you know, especially because in this role we work closely with our C-suite executives, right? Um, I can walk into somebody's office and quote off whatever labor law, you know, any labor law, but what does that matter to them if they don't know how much I care about them and the task that they are being asked to perform in the organization? You know? So, you know, um, it was – and the other thing is – I I have a strong passion for the organization and the industry that I work in. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was easy. It was easy to just, it was easy to be like, hey, you know, we, I want to be able to help us to get those physicians to the hospitals. You know, that was Mm -hmm. easy because I believe in, I believe in my company's mission. I believe in um, what we do. And, you know, I think as an, even as an HR department, we help this organization do some amazing things day after right. day after day. Yeah. And it's getting, you, you know, you're right, it's the, it, it, it's, the, it's the trust, it's showing your competency, you, you know, your competence certainly and your capabilities, but it's, um, it's building that confidence of those right. other leaders that yeah that you get it i mean and it sounds so basic but i yeah. think it's where sometimes hr folks fail because we the collective we get so caught up in our day to day in our busy day to day and we forget really why we're there what what right. what our or we try to is. live up we try to live up to some other predefined standards yeah. you know i'm going to be vulnerable, as Brene Brown would say, I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you one of the things that I struggled with was, you know, I'm not 
the Excel spreadsheet genius. That ain't me. I am not that guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I remember feeling insecure. I remember feeling insecure, and it's like, oh, my God, they're going to, like, fire me when they realize I can't, you know, do a pivot table. And, I mean, I know the basic formulas, you know. And then one of the executives in the organization told me, the value you bring is not in an Excel spreadsheet or a Word document or fancy legal terms. The value you bring is in the fact that you sit at the table and you rumble with us. You give Mm. us open-minded, you know, I say it all the time. I'm the person. I will give you what I call. I tell people. So, are you? If you're asking me my opinion, I'm going to give you my barefoot, unapologetic Southern HR lady opinion. Okay. So, oh, and, so, and people that. appreciated that because, you know, yes. I believe, for me personally, I, my mission right now is to humanize HR again. That's my mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I cringe when I hear some of the stories because if you just poke around in the Internet, yes. you will read yes. stories and you hear things of people, interactions, employees, current and past and other organizations they've had with their HR departments, and I cringe because yes. I'm like, oh, that's so un- it's so not human. And so, yes. you know, Robin, yes. that's just been my thing is to bring the human back to HR. Mm. Yep. Oh, love it. And that, actually, that, 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 that segues us very good. We've got about ten minutes left only, believe it or not. Um, but it segues us very well into um, your current role. Um, again, building something um, within within your organization, and that is um, taking taking the ownership, really being the architect of of D and I um, for the for the organization. What 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 does that look like? How you know how did you um, how how'd that shift you know truly come about? And what are you know what are some things top of mind for you as you're as you're working in that area? Well, so for me, I think it was kind of a field of dreams moment. Build it and they will mm-hmm. come, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, we we have never, we have not had a quote-unquote formal D&I program in our, in our organization. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, um, Robin, it's, it's something that I feel we, we need. We, and when I say we need, I'm not saying that we have all these D&I issues, but we need, the, we need to be able to expose our employees to the conversation of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And what does that look like, you know? What yeah. does that look like to us as an organization and to the clients that we serve the, and the communities that we serve? Because mm-hmm. our company stretches out throughout the country, yeah. and we touch communities around the country. And those communities are made up of different people. And, you know, and from, I was telling an employee just the other day, I was like, you know, when we start to talk about diversity and inclusion, we're not just talking about race and, you know, gender and sexual orientation, mm-hmm. but we're talking, about, we're talking about things that people who are living with disabilities and Employees, especially, you know, in some of our offices, we have a large population of employees who are caregivers to parents, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and creating safe 
spaces for those people to interact with people who look like them, who are living like them, to be able to have discussions about, oh, I'm in the same space. Because what I, what I know <clears throat> is what I know is that when employees are able to show up at work as their full self, the return on investment is 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 you know it's unmeasurable. So. Yeah. Um, so that's where that conversation began. We didn't formally have a DNI program. I saw a need. I talked. I had a conversation with our chief human resource officer at the time and said, "Hey, this is what I need. This is what I think we should do." And then a few months ago, she was like, "You are going to do da da da," and I'm like, "Huh?" huh? <laughs> like, who, who, wait, who? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. So we're in the very, uh, you know, I'm in the very infant stage of building this program and um, making sure that um, that it falls in alignment with all of with our core values as an organization, yeah. you know, um, and and that not only do, not only do we change. We we change culture within the organization, but again, like I said, we we influence culture beyond the four walls of the offices yes. that we we all you know that we work in. Yeah, and you know, and I think, um, and maybe this is just me, but this is kind of based on sort of my personal experiences because um, I've worked in the healthcare field as well too, and I love working with with caregivers, and you know, it's the hardest work there is and I was just always in awe of of those who were taking care of our 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 clients taking care of our patients um and I think I look back and I think when when I've worked at very those are very mission driven organizations and they we had really strong core values and everybody kind of coalesced around what we were about to those we served so any any kind of you know DNI initiatives that we had internally, it, it, it they were easier to talk about in some ways mm-hmm. because the sort of the core humanity of our employees was was halfway there already because of, right. of what what led them to their their profession. Um, and conversely, when I've worked at very uh, I'm doing air quotes. I tend to, do, you know, do air quotes even when I'm on the, <laughs> the phone thing here. But our, you know, very traditional uh, types of industries, finance and things like that. Um, those D&I conversations, although we didn't have the I at that point, we were just talking diversity. But those conversations were much harder to have. And it, maybe it's very stereotypical, but, you know, a bunch of bankers were just like, ah, let's just, you know, do our work, you know, uh, what's the right. sort of stuff. Um, right. So I think, I think when you're in an organization where the, the community, you know, all of the stakeholders, the, the patients, the clients, the communities, whatever, it's kind of what you're about anyway, so having those conversations internally becomes becomes easier, you know, to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. What? I agree. Um, yeah. Because 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 simply because we get it right. Um, yeah. We get and yeah. I and I agree with you. Um, the response from some of from employees has. It, it, I'll be honest with you. Again, being vulnerable, I was nervous. You know, 
I was nervous about um, starting that conversation. And, you know, I know people are probably judging me about that, but I was really nervous about starting that conversation. But our employees get it. Um, and it's again, I think, like you said, it's we're healthcare, we're mission driven. The leadership team in our organization, the senior leadership team, does a great job of living the mm-hmm. company's mission and core mm-hmm. values. And mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> so they have it. So employees have examples, right? And you and I both know, and I think everybody who's listening to us, we all can agree that if your senior leaders don't live the mission and the values that, you know, you preach or you place on the walls, then you are in a situation. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. You're in a bad situation. It's like, okay, yeah. uh, let's find the life the life jacket. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, and to bring us full circle, kind of as a, as a last thought on that, I think that wraps right back to exactly what you what you kind of started out with uh, as well, which is, you know, HR's HR's role and HR's impact is 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 aligning with those leaders, um, mm-hmm. and 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 being sure we're part of that conversation. And you know, they get us, we get them, and it it is it is a shared um, it's a shared journey. It really is. Um, well, we. Um, Man, we're at the end, Kendrick. I can't believe it. Um, but before we before we hop off, let me give you a quick maybe thirty seconds here. Please let everybody know where they can connect with you online, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. At LinkedIn, you can find me at Kendrick Benoit, K-I-N-D-R-I-C-K, my last name, Benoit, B-E-N-O-I-T. And, of course, on the Twitter, um, at K. <laughs> Benoit HR. That's at K B E N O I T H R. Woohoo! Well, this has been wonderful, and I loved catching up with you. And um, yes, you're I doing enjoyed great it. things. And um, have a fabulous day, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you on the next drive through HR. Bye. Bye, Robin.